0: Our Old Testament reading this morning is found in 1 Chronicles 16, eight through 13. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him, sing praises to him. Tell of his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and the judgments he's uttered. O offspring of Israel, his servant, children of Jacob, his chosen ones. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the the word word of of the the Lord Lord stands stands forever. This morning, I just want to talk a little bit about the power and practice of thanksgiving from Philippians 4, 6-7, which Leah alluded to. The late Greek Orthodox theologian and seminary professor, Alexander Schmemann once said that the real offense in the Garden of Eve wasn't merely disobeying by eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. No, Schmemann says, the real sin was... That by eating in secret and enjoying the fruit in secret, Adam and Eve were unable to give God what was rightfully His thanksgiving. Their sin isolated them from God's presence, and their lives, once meant to include God in everything, became a closed circuit. From that day forward, even the good gifts God had given humans to enjoy, they consumed in isolation, without thanksgiving, and without gratitude. Isn't that our story? That the thing that we seem to struggle with the most is to acknowledge God in everything. To keep before us grateful hearts, thankful hearts, To see in every good thing we enjoy or consume or participate in, the hand of God. It's our struggle. We all struggle with it. Whether it's our food, the food we enjoy, the money we have, sex, our possessions, our hobbies, things that are to be dedicated to God, back to him in thanksgiving and prayer, But when we fail to do that, we fail to consciously acknowledge God in all of those things, and those good things become to us idols. And I wonder if this became the moral metric of any activity or enjoyment, whether or not we could openly give thanks for something we do, we'd perhaps find ourselves with a greater hedge against sinning, A greater hedge against wandering away from God. If we use that as a metric, can I give thanks for this thing? Can I celebrate with gratitude and offer this thing back to God in thanksgiving? I think the simple answer would be, if the answer is no, it should be something we wouldn't want to partake of. And so thankfulness and giving thanks and gratitude in many ways is something that enables our godliness. The fact that Adam and Eve had to eat in secret should have been a sign to them that something was off. Because the tree of the knowledge of good and evil wasn't something they could partake of with gratitude and thanksgiving. It wasn't a good gift. James 1.17 says that every good gift and perfect gift is from above. In other words, the things that we can give thanks for, all of those things come from God. They come down from the Father of heavenly lights who doesn't change like a shifting shadow. I wonder if perhaps all of our mental anguish and anxiety as a culture is a failure To be truly thankful. And we understand that, don't we? Because we're told every moment of every day and every hour that our lives are not truly or fully complete if we don't have the next best thing, or go to the next best place, or with someone prettier, or handsomer, or richer, or smarter, right? There is the constant noise of our world telling us you shouldn't be content, you shouldn't be happy, you need this, you need to do that, you need to go here, you are yet to find this or that. Quickly, I just want to show us three benefits we get from being thankful. And the first is, Thanksgiving is an anchor through life's storms. Philippians 4, 4. Rejoice in the Lord. Always, again, I say rejoice. The Lord is at hand. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Paul seems to be saying our very mental health is tied to the ability to rejoice and be thankful. As if the heart that is held together in a constant and perpetual state of rejoicing and thankfulness is protected. Thanksgiving serves to protect our emotional and mental and spiritual life. How? by looking to God's record of goodness. Thanksgiving is about remembering. It is about constantly reminding yourself that we serve a good God, that God is good. Because isn't it true that whatever sort of trial or hard thing you're staring down the barrel of, you're prone to forget all of the wonderful things in your life. And so Paul says, to rejoice in the Lord always, again I say rejoice, don't be anxious, but through prayer, make your requests known with thanksgiving. In other words, as you're asking for God to do something, do it with a heart grateful for what he's already done. And this practice of rejoicing and thanksgiving, it guards Your hearts, it guards your minds in Christ Jesus. So here's an application point, a quick takeaway. When we give thanks, we fight anxiety and fear by resting in God. Giving thanks is a way to say, God, I'm I'm grateful and I'm thankful because I look back over your track record in my life and I don't know what the future holds for this situation or for the future, but I know you're good. Help my heart to rest in you. The second thing I want us to see is that thanksgiving awakens in us the majesty of God. You know, in the Bible, there's all these family words for thanksgiving, related words. Here's some of them. Praise, bless, glory, exalt, exalt, confess, acknowledge, rejoice. These are words and things that and activities that we can cultivate and engage in that are sort of interrelated to the idea of thanksgiving. When we praise God, when we, when we bless God, when we glory in Him and His goodness, when we exalt Him, when we sort of exult and feel the power and joy of who God is, when we confess who God is, acknowledge Him in every area of our life, and when we rejoice in Him. These are all thanksgiving kinds of words. And when we do these things, it helps us to see God with clear eyes. I love Yosemite. I'm from California, been up there a few times. Our brother-in-law is visiting from Texas. We've gone together. And I love hiking up above the waterfalls and getting up to little Yosemite Valley, the valley, the big valleys on the floor. But when you get up above the waterfalls, especially a place called Cloud's Rest, you can see Half Dome and El Capitan. And you can see the valley floor. And it's not until you sort of climb the hard hike up above the waterfalls that you can truly and clearly appreciate what Yosemite is. Like it's, it's amazing to stand at the valley floor and look up, but to have sort of a panoramic view at about 10,000 feet elevation, you can, you can behold something majestic that very few people get to behold. And when we give thanks, we behold the wonder and majesty of God in a way that nothing else enables us to do. It's like hiking up behind those waterfalls. It's hard work, but it's worth it. And I'm not talking simply about looking at all the things God has done, but looking at God himself. Because ultimately all the things God has done for us ought to point us to him. So here's another application point. Giving thanks expands our gratitude from the gifts to the giver. From something to someone. And then third and finally, giving thanks opens doors to greater intimacy with God. Look at what Paul writes in Colossians 3, 15 through 17. And be thankful Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father through him. Three times in two verses, Paul says to give thanks. And I gotta tell you, it's everywhere. I mean, I could have, we could have spent an hour just going through the verses in the New Testament alone, not to mention what's in the Old Testament. It is everywhere, this theme of giving thanks, rejoicing in God, being thankful, having grateful hearts. It seems to be when the heart is functioning properly, when the soul is connected to God, the primary reaction to knowing him is thankfulness. And I think it's fair to say that if any one of us this morning finds ourselves struggling to be thankful, something's not right. Struggling to have gratitude in our daily lives, something is off. How can we be thankful? Paul says, by letting the word of Christ dwell in us richly, promises of the gospel, what Christ has taught us, reminding ourselves every single day of the gospel's power and promise to us, every one of us in this building at times feels unworthy. I had a hard time coming to church this morning because I felt unworthy to be up here. It may come as a surprise to some of you, but being in pastoral ministry does not put me on some higher plane. I struggle sometimes to feel like I can worthily get up in front of the congregation. And I have to remind myself of the gospel's promise that it is through Christ, through his atoning work and faith in his goodness and righteousness, that I am what I am by the grace and glory of God. Let the word of Christ dwell in us richly. The promises of the gospel we have to keep before us every day, if we don't, I don't think we can be grateful. But if we keep before us the promises of the gospel, the words of Christ, gratitude can be a constant theme in our hearts. And what is the promise specifically of the gospel? That we're delivered from the guilt And power of sin to condemn us on account of the righteousness of Christ given to us by faith alone. That's the promise of the gospel. It's almost like if nothing else is right in your life, that is unchanging. That promise of the gospel that you by faith alone in Christ alone have been delivered from the guilt and power of your sin to condemn you before God. And because of that, you're right with God. If nothing else is right in your life, you're right with God on account of Christ. My third application point is that practicing thanks leads to more joyful worship. Maybe our hearts don't feel much on Sunday morning because there isn't thanksgiving empowering our praise, our prayer, our songs, our worship. Lord, help us to be thankful people. Help us to revel in the promise of the gospel, in the person and work of God's Son, Jesus, who saves us. Help us to be thankful for that. Let that guiding light empower and strengthen us to have hearts of gratitude every day. Anyone can give thanks. An atheist can give thanks. It's a little weird because it seems that the very notion of giving thanks should have a reference point. That there is someone to thank. I'm so thankful for what I have. To whom? Well, just because. No. The very notion of saying thank you implies that there is someone on the other end supplying and providing. out of anyone in the world, we ought to be thankful people because we know who's on the other end. We know who's giving it all, supplying it all, providing it all, it's God. It's not some fuzzy, meaningless, or generic concept of thanksgiving. Our thanks is grounded in a person who sustains us. And so thanksgiving is not even conditional. It almost has nothing to do with where you are at this very moment in your life. Thanksgiving is relational. It has everything to do with being in relationship with God. So there it is. There is all the motivation for your thanks. If you have a living relationship with God, empowered by the Spirit through his son Jesus, you can be grateful. Because it's not about your circumstance, it's not about... Your situation, it's about a person. My hope and prayer for each of us is that we move into Advent season and the coming year with thankful hearts and that as we enjoy all of life's blessings, we do it not in secret, but in open acknowledgement that every good gift has come from God. His grace, his mercy, and his providence. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the good gifts given to us to be enjoyed openly and not in secret. You long and desire to be included in everything we do. And as we enjoy all of the good gifts of life, you want us to include you with thanksgiving, offering it all back to you in thanks and gratitude. And we do this morning. We offer our lives back to you, everything we have All of our possessions, we give it back to you. In thanksgiving, it's the least thing that you demand from us. It's a small thing, but we can so often become distracted and wayward in our hearts, forgetting the one who has given us all good things. And so we thank you, Lord. In Christ's name we pray, amen.